It was a massacre, I tell ya. The Seattle Seahawks take down the New York Giants 24-3 on Monday Night Football with all of the eyes of the nation upon them. And the Seahawks put a hell of a stamp on this win. Hopefully put a little bit of the rest of the league on notice here with this kind of victory as they were carried for the first time this year by the defense. Yes, the defense came out and gave you one of the best performances we've seen from this unit going back for years. They were marvelous across the board, stopping the run, getting pressure, getting turnovers, everything you could ask from what you would want from a defense they provided you today. And it was in dire, dire need as you had your offense at one point in this game down all five of your starting offensive linemen from what you started the season with. Backups, all across the board, and so you were going to need your defense to carry the load today, and indeed, they threw that offense up on their back, and they said, we got this one. It was looking a little bit dicey to begin things here. You had the Giants on their first drive getting up the football field. Jamal Adams was back out on the field. You're thinking, oh, hey, it's going to be good. Jamal gets a pressure on the very first play of the game, comebacks and gets a hit a couple plays later. You're like, hey, Jamal's back, baby. We rolling. And then Daniel Jones scrambles out. Jamal comes up to make the tackle, tries to chop him down, goes low. Jamal's not been playing a lot of football, not been doing a lot of tackling. Strike point maybe just a little bit off. Daniel Jones's knee comes up there upside his head and you're going, oh my God, they're driving and now Jamal is out. Is this going to game going to be kind of tough? But no, no, the Seahawks defense answered the bell in this game. The fourth down stop on that initial drive set the tone for what we're going to see for the rest of this game. And what was absolutely the most tremendous part, and there's a lot of tremendous parts to talk about in regards to this defensive performance today, but the best part to me, the one that sits at the head of the stable on this, is the willingness by Clint Hurt and Coach Carroll to bring the pressure-based packages, to bring the blitzes, to just bring the stacked fronts, even if you're going to drop out of them. You guys know if you've listened to this channel and just about every post-game discussion we've done, I've been calling, I've been begging, I've been on my knees, I have prayed, I've left, I've dropped petitions. Let's do more of this blitz-heavy approach because you've had so much success with it when you've gone to dial into it. It's brought you back the greatest of returns, and you saw that in this game. You have your uh, cornerback Witherspoon with two sacks, Bobby with two sacks, Jordan Brooks with two sacks, all of this coming on the back of you basically blitzing. One of the Witherspoon ones was on a trick play, but... The blitzing was working. You were getting the quarterback. And even when you weren't getting the sacks, you were getting tip passes. You were getting pressure in Daniel Jones's face. He was never comfortable in this game. He never just got to sit back there and dink and dunk you and pick you apart like we've seen our Seahawks defense do with a lot of offenses in recent history. And it was a keynote part to this game coming into the game because Daniel Jones and how he plays against zone defenses versus how he plays against blitzes is diametrically different. And the data shows, and it's concrete, and it's succinct, that you want to dial up the pressures on this guy. He doesn't like it. He doesn't deal with it well. On top of the fact that you had an offensive line for the Giants, which was shorthanded, and made even the more shorthanded by John Michael Schmitz, their talented second rounder, going out of this game very early on, which was then going to challenge their protections, especially when you're bringing those blitz. Who's making the line calls? Is it Daniel Jones? Is it the backup center? Then when the backup center goes out, it's Shane Lemieux. Is it Shane Lemieux making it? I think that put them in a bit of a pickle and a bind when Seattle started to dial up those pressures, but it was there throughout the whole entire game. There's no doubt about that this is going to be the game that they've blitzed at the highest amount this season by far, and the returns were there all across the board. A phenomenal defensive effort. This was a game where you gave up three points, but you were great throughout. There was no dip in performance at any point in time. 
And the defense showed you in this game that as Coach Carroll, one of Coach Carroll's mantras, we're going to defend every inch of the turf. We're not giving up just because you get down there by the goal line. We're not going to roll over and show our belly. You got to see Devin Witherspoon with that pick six down there. You got the, the, the fourth down stop early in the game. They kept fighting in this game and they brought just a ferocity that frankly we haven't exactly quite seen from this defense, at least in a, a cumulative effort over the course of an entire game. But it's also a building block game defensively for the type of performance we saw last week with Carolina, where you were also starting to get more pressures going. You were also starting to be able to get a little bit more consistently to the quarterback than we saw through the first couple of weeks. But this defensive performance was amazing. And the first guy I want to start with at the head of this and talking about individual players is one Mr. Devin Witherspoon, who was absolutely phenomenal in this game. He might have given you one of the best rookie cornerback performances that we've seen in NFL history. I'm not saying it's the best, but it's definitely one of the best that you can see. As I've said through these post-game wrap-ups, and we've seen over a couple of games already so far, you got to see the full meal deal of what Devin Witherspoon can do across the spectrum in this game. You got to see him as a tackler with his seven tackles, and you got to see him in coverage as he was sticky again in coverage. He only gave up a couple of completions, and those were very short completions at that. You got to see him hit. He came up and laid a hit stick in this game again. He's done that a couple times already, and he did that back at college, something that carries over from his Illinois day. Back there on bright display once again. Looked comfortable in zone in this game. And then you also got to see him as a blitzer in this game. Coming off the edge, because the Seahawks decided to put Witherspoon into the slot in this game. The way this was going to work is you were down Kobe Bryant, you are down Artie Burns, your two slots were out. You were then going to be looking at Julian Love needing to slide back into the strong safety role once Jamal went out. And so what that meant was then what you need to do, because you were down so short on slot corners, was kick Witherspoon inside and then bring Mike Jackson back as the outside corner. And he really took to that role. We long thought that he could work really well if you had to move him into the slot. He showed you how you could be impactful in the slot because that door opens that much more to being able to blitz from the slot more than it does if you're an outside corner trying to blitz. You gotta, you're just closer approximation to the quarterback and getting back there faster. And he absolutely did on those two sacks. Um, he was absolutely just marvelous. He showed the quickness tackling all of it today. And then he really put the final stamp on it with that pick six. As I say, defending every inch of the turf, down there around the three-yard line, receiver runs a little bit of a, a lazy zip, zipper route, doesn't really kind of fully commit to it. Witherspoon reads it, jumps the route, does the most casual pick six I've ever seen in my life. I felt like he had dropped the top on the car. He was letting the hair blow through his, uh, the wind blow through his hair. He was feeling comfortable. Have a little sip on his drink. I'll cut it back to the middle of the field now. And props to Tariq Woolen, who had sort of a Tyreek Hill moment from a couple of years ago when Hill was with the Chiefs. And he caught back up to McCole Hardman on the play and they high five each other. And you're going, man, Tyreek is fast. You saw that with Tariq Woolen, who set the GPS record so far with the advanced next generation stats for the fastest an NFL football player has been on a football field on that Devin, Devin Witherspoon pick six return. Also nice to see that we have our talented cornerback in back-to-back years. Tariq Woolen got his pick six last year. Witherspoon gets his pick six this year. We've got some guys on the outside that are going to lock things down into the future. We might have the two best cornerback tandem in the league and by a wide margin when this all settles out over the course of the year. It's early to tell right now. Let's see how it all kind of plays out and how it all factors out. Maybe there's more of him in the slot in addition to that because he was so impactful in there. But Devin Witherspoon was amazing in this game across the board. And this guy now with two sacks on the season, by the way, has a half sack more than even the Jalen Carter. Even more than the guy who's been this big disruptive guy and no defensive, defensive rookie of the year, no doubt about it. Now your guy in one game has surpassed his sack total. I'm not saying that Carter hasn't also brought the pressures and been really good on what he's brought, but 
Witherspoon has been right there step for step with this guy and should be considered right there in the same alignment if he continues to go on to have the same kind of year that he seems to be on the trajectory to have. Witherspoon was absolutely outstanding. There is something special about this kid and him and Tariq both on the outside. You didn't have this in the Legion of Boom days. Brandon Browner was a good cornerback, but you're now putting two corners out there truly with lockdown potential. And this is going to squeeze the football field down for these quarterbacks in the foreseeable future. It's going to narrow it down between those hash marks in the middle of the football field. And that can't hurt, but help to make this defense even better and maybe even more solidified when it comes to giving up those yards in coverage like they have done through the past couple of games leading up to this game. Bobby Wagner also had himself a hell of a game. 17 tackles, nine solo, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits. Again, you see with Bobby Wagner, what difference some asked could this guy make coming back? He's so old. He's so long in the tooth. He's lost so many steps. How can he bring any impact now? I mean, this is like a mascot move, right? You're just bringing him back for sentimental reasons? No. You brought him back because he was going to improve the middle linebacker position. You brought him back because he was going to be a big upgrade over how that position played last year, be it Jordan Brooks or Cody Barton. And he was fantastic once again in this game. Absolutely as instinctive as he'd been throughout the course of this year in the run game. He snuffed everything out. He was on every little detail with that. Three straight games, you have stopped the opposition from running the football. And the Giants in this game, 29 carries, 112 yards. But it really a big part of that was like 10 carries and 66 yards from Daniel Jones scrambling on passing plays. And Bobby with his instincts and his read of the lay of the land and what's going on, certainly, um, you know, having Mario Edwards Jr. and Jaron Reed in addition to this variety of other guys has helped you too. But Bobby at the head of the stack and then showing you what he can still do as a blitzer. We knew he was bringing that into the play. He's on his way again, folks. For any of the naysayers out there, for any of the folks saying, okay, he's done, he's spent. He's back on his way for an all-pro season right now. He's on a trajectory for that. For whatever you think he is in coverage or how many steps you think he's lost. He is giving you that kind of performance right now. Jaron Reed was really good again in this game. Didn't get a sack, created a variety of different pressures, was really active working off of that groin, that second-degree groin pull that he has, according to Coach Carroll. A variety of other guys got in the sack column here. Mario Edwards Jr., one of the best value signings. I don't know which one you can go to. Who was the better value signing this offseason? Was it Mario Edwards Jr. or was it Jaron Reed? I, I can't say for sure. Um, both of these guys are bringing an impact both as run stuffers and they're bringing some pressures. In this game, you had Mario Edwards coming off the edge on a play where it was such an impressive play because he's starting out going to an outside zone to the left-hand side of the offensive formation. So he has to start to his right to play the run first. He plays the run. It's a play-action run that's then going back across the other way on the rollout by Daniel Jones. And you see on that play that Mario Edwards curls around gets around that arc, gets a nice little dip around that arc to get around it fast to get right back on Daniel Jones and then comes through with a little bit of the tomahawk through there, the tomahawk chop, in order to then cause the fumble and the Hawks were able to take that. That was a big momentum changer in that game. And my goodness, for a guy that you signed on kind of a low-end contract from Tennessee last year who you were hoping to be just a an aid to the your ability to stop the run, he has been more than that. He's been a tremendous Tremendous player for you. Draymond Jones had by far his best game since he started out here as a Seahawk. He was all over the place as well. Four tackles, one tackle for a loss. I thought he was very impressive in this game. Got to see a little bit more of what he brings to the table. Uh, and it was nice. It was nice. Uh, Jordan Brooks, 
We've gotten to see more of Jordan Brooks as a blitzer this year, I think, than we ever gotten to see and gotten to see that that's a real good component of his game, something that he can do and do well. He got two sacks in this game. He added 10 tackles. He also got a quarterback hit and a tackle for loss. These guys, it's like a basketball. They filled up the stat column today. This defense did across the board. Everybody was putting numbers across the board. It was just great to see. And you just, so many guys to, to kind of laud in this game coming out the other side of it for how well they played, how thoroughly well they played. Uh, Julian Love, I've got to give him some some props. 10 tackles, but he was also marvelous in coverage. A tackle for loss. Um, I thought he was much more improved in, in that aspect of things um, than what we've seen from him through the first couple of games. And it was great to see. He looked a little bit more comfortable out there. He looked a little bit more settled in. Now, I'm talking a ton about the defense. And there's a lot of other good guys I can mention beyond that. Boye Mafe got another sack. Cameron Young just about got his first sack. And there's some really good defensive performance. Tariq Woolen almost got a, a pick in this game. Came this close. The receiver was just able to knock him off the, off the track a little bit. But we got to right away over to the offense. And I think the offensive struggles are a little bit more easier to understand. This is a defensive line with the Giants that's deep. It's got some good potential star quality to it with the Lawrence and Thibodeau type, even Leonard Williams in there. They can give you some issues down there up front. And the Hawks to find themselves in a position where they're down five of their offensive linemen. I said this last week to you. I don't know, you know, or even two weeks ago, how you know, we went into Detroit and you won a game where you were down two-thirds, three-thirds, three-fifths of your offensive line on the road against a team that should be a playoff team and you won that game. I say it once again. I don't know many teams now that go on the road down five of their offensive linemen, basically, because you had to move Evan Brown to guard from center. So you were, had five guys in five new positions from where you started this year to even ask that team to then be functional offensively over the course of the game. I think it's going to be a little bit uphill for any team in that given situation. And the fact that the Hawks were able to find their share of points in the way that they were grinded out as they could, I think was they did as well as you could be asked to do, given the circumstances, in my opinion. Geno Smith came out. Played relatively okay. Didn't have the best game out here today. 13 of 20, 110 yards. He uh, went down to an injury in the uh, second quarter where he threw a ball. It got tipped back into it. He decided to catch it. Those quarterbacks just got to knock that ball down. Don't catch it. You're not going to do anything with it. You're not going anywhere with it. Just knock it down. Live to live to see another day. He took it, went out of bounds, got dragged down, had a little bit of a knee thing that kept him out for a little bit of action. It was a struggle for him today, though. He didn't ever really look totally comfortable. Had some balls knocked down at the line of scrimmage. Some of this was Shane Waldron and his play calling, which we'll get to here in just a second. Um, but Gino stayed in control and calm, and he made he made the throws when you needed to in this game overall. Um, this was a day carried by the defense, but especially that throw down by the goal line early on where you have the Giants, again, the pass rush, just about getting home. Both edge rushers are pinching down on Gino like a scissor. Gino's got to back his way out, spin around, get out of there, get outside the pocket, roll out, buy some time. He sees, D he sees DK and he just throws an absolute laser beam into DK Metcalf where DK doesn't have a lot of separation there, but Gino's just like, F it, I'm going to get this in there. I'm going to fit it in there. And uh, DK is able to reel the ball and make the catch. Uh, that was one of the few touchdowns you're able to get in this game. Drew Locke came in for a spell after Gino went out, and I thought he played okay football, two of six, 63 yards. Had a couple of throws that went off the hands of receivers that were very close. Uh, he was under the same kind of duress that Gino was and a backup quarterback that hasn't seen any of the snaps leading up to that week. Now being asked to play in a game like that with five backup offensive linemen, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that are going to get awful jumpy in that situation because they're not feeling comfortable. They haven't had the reps. They know they're going to be under a deluge of pass rush, snapping and snap out. I thought Drew did pretty good, all things being equal, 
on what was going on there. And he made a nice pass out to Noah Fant, who was able with some yak to get up the field, get all the way down to the two-yard line. And once you were able to get that establishment of that lead in this game, once you were able to get that 11-point lead, it felt like you were able to then at that point really then lean on that Giants offense. They had they weren't able to go to the run game as much because they were getting a little bit more worried by the clock. And you could just kind of lean on them over the course of the game with that, especially defensively as you turn them into a one-dimensional offense. But Enough guys made plays out there at the quarterback position with both Drew Locke and Geno in this game. Nobody was fabulous. No, it was fantastic, but they did just enough. Hawks weren't able to run the ball very much in this game. It, it looks kind of balanced at the end where you get 23 carries for 121, 121 yards, 5.3 yard per carry average. A big part of that is some big runs that you had. You had a 31 yarder, a 15 yarder, an 11 yarder by Drew Locke, which kind of bumps those numbers up. There wasn't a lot of, it was kind of tough sledding in there. There's also a little bit of an oddity by Waldron in this game. And I love Waldron as an offensive coordinator, and he's had some great called games. This one was a little bit more of the up and down, where you couldn't exactly see what he was trying to exactly do. You're coming into a game like this where you're down four-fifths, five-fifths is your offensive line. And we got deep, I think, even into the third quarter where you know you were passing at a like four-to-one, five-to-one pass-to-run rate which really then puts those offensive linemen in a bind there because now you're getting to a really close to a place of the defensive linemen feeling like they can pin their ears back and just come after the quarterback 24-7 there a little bit. We got a little bit too enamored in there with the pass in this game at a couple of different times where you're really like, hey, we got two second round backs. Let's go to these guys. Jarman ends up over 6.2 yards per carry on average. Walker ends up 4.6 on the day. Let's keep working these guys through. I love the passing offense as much as anything else, but when you're having a hard, when it's tough sledding there and you're not finding a lot of holes there, Go back to that running game. I think we can find some success with these backs. They are, they're big plays waiting to happen. Both of them are. And I thought Walker and Charbonnet did fine with what they were given. But this was a game that was, I know it's only 26 passes versus 23 runs, but this was really a game that was more about you leaning towards trying to uh, throw the ball than it was. It was more you leaning on the clock at the end, which kind of balanced you know, those numbers out. Receiving wise, Noah Fant, two catches, 63 yards. The 51 yarder with some great yak to keep his feet in bounce. He almost got one leg dragged out of bounce, but he's able to get that all the way down to the two yard line, which is that made it easy to then to punch it in. And that was big there in that moment. Boy, you needed that, that scamper on his part. Uh, DK and Tyler, solid, steady, as they always are. It might not have been spectacular. There may not have been the opportunities for it to be spectacular. You were going to be able to do a lot of seven step drops and try to hit the man deep down there. They had, uh, 10 targets in this game, seven catches on those 10 targets, almost 90 yards receiving on those targets. So they did the most of what they could do with how they were targeted. And DK made an, in particular, a really nice catch on that end zone catch to get in there. That ball's that ball's got flames coming off the back of it when Gino throws it. And then also for him to then make a catch later on in this game where he had to reach out away from it on a real, um, another ball where Gino was just throwing it with some fire on it. There wasn't a lot to be said from offensively beyond that. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the team continues to try to feature them as much as they can. A lot of it seems to be bubble screens. He's already had four of his catches this year on the back of being bubble screens. Two more today. They're just not going anywhere, though. Six targets in this game, three catches, five yards. Yes, you heard that right. Three catches, five yards. They just can't quite find the footing yet on this kid. I thought this was going to be maybe potentially a breakout game for him. I think it still will come. I think we got to be a little bit patient. We got to understand this offensive line and the shape it's in. Still going to a lot of those two and three tight end sets to protect those offensive linemen in this game like you did. It's going to cost, it's going to come at the cost of him at times with some of those snaps in this game. Uh, shout out again to Jake Bobo. Might be the best blocking wide receiver, run blocking wide receiver in this NFL. And you saw more of that tonight. A couple of the big runs that you saw, he was right there at the center of the action and making the a, a kind of a keynote block down there. Kid's kind of a monster in that aspect. Um, I know it's a receiver and I'm talking about blocking, but like I said, he's been one of the better ones 
in the sport up until the start of this year and, and getting that accomplished and getting that done. There were some very odd timed penalties in this game through the early part of this game and the breaks weren't necessarily always there with your Hawks. I'm, I'm not saying that it was complete slanted 100%, but it was definitely not getting a lot of the benefits of the doubt on some of those calls with that. From a special team standpoint, it was uh, good overall as it normally is, good to great overall. It was just with little one little slight kind of note of negativity on this one, but at the forefront, I think you got to give the, the major props here to Michael Dixon. Four punts in this game, 63 long, 53.5 average. And he was so great tonight about getting the punt up in front of the punt returner and then getting the roll on top of it. Just a, just a sensational job of finding the way to get that extra roll, to get those extra yards. And uh, Dixon shows you why he can be a weapon in flipping field position. He did a couple times in this game that were really great. Put the Giants on a real long field, including he had one down at the one-yard line, I believe, or right near the one line, where it just basically rolled to the stop, or two-yard line, and it rolled to a stop at that point. Not that the guys downed it. It just rolled to a literal stop right there. Dixon, tremendous in this game. Even got a punt off where he got bashed on the punt and still got like a 45, 50 yarder off and it was a flag on top of it. Um, the kid's just a, a great punter, one of the best in this sport, continues to be so. Jason Myers was one of two on field goals today. He did miss a 50 yarder, so it wasn't an easy one. And he did make the short one a 34 yarder, but does continue to have a little bit of a, a dicey start here to the year, even with the five field goals that he kicked last week. He did make uh, all of his extra points, three of three with that. I thought DJ Dallas was really good in the return game, only got two returns. So he had a kick return for 30 yards and a punt return for 23, but uh, he was good on both of those aspects of things. So special teams unit, again, brought to the table what you hope they bring to the table, which is a top three like unit. I think they were, again, very close to that today in all of aspects and what they do. It is a it is a, an important part of this team. Um, and you saw a little bit of their impact in this game. But this was a game about the defense. This was the defense saying, hey, offense, it's been a couple of years of you carrying the load. Tonight, we got you. Tonight, we're going to take care of business. Get us a touchdown. We'll handle the rest. Don't you worry about it, boo. And they didn't. They got it handled. They got the offense in a position comfortably to where they weren't under the threat or pressure to feel like they got to produce 35, 40 points in this game to come out with the win. Your defense carried this performance on their back. They were ferocious. They were fast. They were fierce. What other F name you want to apply, they were that tonight. One of the more impressive defensive performances I've seen from your Seahawks team in recent history. 11 sacks, tying a team record. It doesn't mean that this defense has arrived. It doesn't mean that this defense is now elite. But what we're trying to do is take steps forward with this team, defensively speaking. We're trying to get ourselves from the back end of things as to where that defense has been in recent years. 30, 29, 28, kind of cumulatively between yards and points. Get to more middle of the road with what should be eventually a top five offense when we get all of the guys back healthy with the top three special teams unit. And I do truly believe that that team can be a contender. This team that you put on this football field tonight can be a contender, especially with Clint Hurt and Coach Carroll being willing to be a little more ballsy, to be a little bit more aggressive. I like Carroll with a little bit of aggression to his defense. I like these pressure-based looks. Let's get some more of it. Let's see if this can continue to be successful for us. Less of the soft zones, more of this, and maybe more defensive success. I'm telling you right now, it was a New York massacre. There's blood everywhere, body parts everywhere. I can't even look. And yet I must because it's such a beautiful sight to behold. Enjoy this win, Seahawks fans. You told the rest of the nation, your team's for real. You told the rest of the nation, you're going to have to pay attention to us. We're going to be here all year long. 
and we ain't going nowhere. And you know you got them Niner team going, ugh, they're not going away. They're going to be right at our heels, nipping at our heels throughout the course of this entire year. And you bet your ass we are, Niners. We ain't going anywhere. Enjoy this win, my fellow Seahawks fan. Onwards onto the bye. Maybe we got a trade deadline deal down in the works. We got ourselves a little bit of breathing room, a little bit of room for air early on this year. And we're 3-1. and one, And the future's looking mighty, mighty bright. My name is Brandon Kane. This is the Hawks Nest. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe. But beyond all that, don't you ever forget, go Hawks. <laughs>